I get it. As an entrepreneur, it's easy to get overwhelmed by your mile-long to-do list and think that there's no end in sight. But what I've found to be true is that mindset is the thing that shifts this in a big way. Because let's be real, that to-do list never really ends and there's always more that you could be doing. So in today's episode, we're offering a different perspective on how to ditch the overwhelm. We're dishing both the practical actions you can take and the perspective you'll want to borrow when it comes to building a business that you actually enjoy being in. If you're someone who feels like you never have enough time, no one can do it as well as you can, or you work all the time, this episode is for you and will help you to shift that in a big way. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Melissa Kohler. Melissa is a small business strategist who is passionate about helping women build a business they can be proud of. What started as a career as a professional photographer has blossomed into the creation of several brands and businesses and a passion to teach others how to get started without feeling alone and overwhelmed. She has found the easy button for building a business with the creation of the blush pages, where entrepreneurs can join in community, find joy in running their business, and access the help they need to build an unstoppable brand. She believes in passion over perfection and the truth that the only superpower you need is you. Melissa, welcome to One Simple Chef. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation today. So I read your bio, but I would love to hear in your own words. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it? Sure. So really in a nutshell, I help women build online businesses because we all have something to share. And I don't think that running a business should feel hard or frustrating. It should be rewarding and exciting. And that's what I want to help women do. Ah, I love that so much. (laughs) So good. So how did you get started down this path? Can you give us like a brief overview of your entrepreneurial journey? Yes. It started back in um, like 2000. I had a handmade cards and invitation business, and then I was paid to make scrapbook pages for people. Then through that, I became a professional photographer for about 10 years. Then I got into a network marketing company that I'm still a part of. Then I started doing one-on-one coaching and Enneagram coaching and story brand coaching and Throughout that entire process, way back when, I realized I just love building businesses. And traditionally, like if you were to look at me on paper, I'm not supposed to be quote unquote successful. I didn't have, I didn't finish college. I didn't get the greatest grades, but Mm -hmm. I have a desire and a passion for what I love doing. And I think that there's a lot of people out there like me 
And I want to help those people learn that you don't have to have X, Y, and Z to have a successful business. You just have to have a passion and a know-how and where to start. And so I just want to help encourage people and teach them how they can do that. Oh, so freaking good. So (laughs) can you say a little bit more about, I think that there's just like this idea of what the on paper entrepreneur should look like, right? And I am just so curious, what was the shift for you that allowed you to pursue it anyway, even though it didn't look as we think entrepreneurship should, or as we think it should on paper? Okay. So if I'm being honest with you, I have had to do a lot of retrospective like thoughts and processes to really figure out what that looks like. Mm. And, and like at the end of the day, it's really just owning who I am and what I like, how I was created and not trying to be anybody else but me. And I think we all know that's like so much easier said than done, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think there is such an impression in the online space that you are supposed to like know who you are and then you're just supposed to show up online as that person, right? And I feel like sometimes I see posts like that and I'm like, if only it was that simple, right? If only it was that simple to figure out who you actually were and how to actually present that person online. But I feel like there's so much previous programming, right? There's so much previous conditioning that sometimes it can be really difficult to figure out who is that person even and how do you show up as that person? Because there are so many fears that can stand in the way and kind of cloud our vision from being able to really show up in that kind of like buzzword authentic kind of way. So I think that this is just kind of like a fascinating side conversation because I would love for it to be that simple. Like I would love for it to be like, you know, I just woke up one morning and all of a sudden I just started showing up as myself online, ta-da. And like that has just not been my experience of it because honestly to get to that point required so much mindset work around all of those fears, around all of that previous programming and really deciding what it was that I wanted to embrace and what stories I had to let go of. So I'm curious if you had a similar experience or what that has looked like for you. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's easier said than done. And every day I struggle with that. But when you're in the midst of like those self-doubt moments, at least for me, what I try to do is come back to like, does it matter what anybody else says about me? Like, is it really matter what they say about me? Um, am I going to stop doing what I love doing, what I know I should be doing because I think somebody else might not like it or they might say something bad about me? It, at the end of the day, no, it's not going to stop me because inside of me, it's like so deeply ingrained inside of me of what I love doing that that's what pushes me forward when you have those days of doubt and and, and wondering, like, does it really matter what I'm saying? Or do people really care? Am I making an impact? Well, yes, you are, because you're probably touching at least one person, one person. And it doesn't have to be these thousands of people like, like you think it does on social media. I think we get so caught up in the number of followers and likes and comments that we're forgetting what our message is supposed to say. And it's supposed to say what what's ingrained in us, what's, what makes us different and unique. We all have a passion inside of us to share with the world. And if we're so concerned about likes, shares, comments, followers, 
over that passion, then we're doing the world a disservice by not sharing it. And that's what we have to keep be reminding ourselves. Totally. And I think that it's so easy to forget that when you're just seeing the numbers. I think that yes. sometimes, especially I think this happens a lot with clients when it comes to their newsletter list, right? They'll be like, oh my gosh, I have such a small list. And it's like, okay, cool. But like, if you had 20 people in a room who wanted to hear what you had to say, you would be pretty excited about that, right? Yes. <laughs> But I think that we're so used to seeing these big numbers and the industry has almost made it seem like that is the standard. Like we all came out of the womb with huge newsletter lists, right? (laughs) And I think that that just does us such a disservice because it really can hold us back from sharing that message because we believe, hey, it's not big enough. It's not, you know, a worthwhile following. But every single person that listens to your message, every single person you make a connection with, every single person that has that one aha moment is really having a ripple effect and it's allowing more people to do the work that they're meant to do in the world. So I think that that is just like such a powerful mindset shift. And I know it's not what we, what we were here to talk about today, but I, I love that this conversation started out this way because I really do think that, you know, it just isn't talked about nearly enough that like your message is the most important thing when it comes to connecting with your audience, connecting with your people and doing the work you're meant to do in the world. Yes. Yes. So good. (laughs) So can you tell me, is there one mindset shift that's made the biggest difference for either you or your clients? Well, there's two. And I mean, I've already said one, it's, it's knowing who you are. And the second Mm -hmm. is like staying in your lane, like stop trying to do all of what you think everybody else is doing to be successful. Stay in your lane with what you're good at and knowing who you are at your core is like to me, one of the keys, it, I'm, I'm super into personal development. And I think that when people spend time learning the, about themselves a little bit more, whether that's through the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or pick a personality test out yeah. there. When you spend some time understanding yourself on a deeper level, it helps you to understand how to be a better business person. One of my favorite personality types is the Enneagram. And I mean, everybody's heard of that. It's hopefully by now you've heard of it, but it's really just, it's a personality tool to help you understand who you are at your core, how you view the world, your core fears, your core desires. And why that's important is because excuses are rooted in fear. And when we know what our core fear is, then we know when we're giving ourselves excuses or we're hearing excuses from other people, We know where it's rooted in. And so then we can really address that. And how that translates to our business is like, for instance, I'm an Enneagram nine and my core fear is conflict. I don't want Mm. conflict internally or externally. And so a lot of times I'll be afraid to post something that I feel could be slightly controversial online or in a newsletter or things of that nature. And because it's, is viewed as slightly controversial to me. It doesn't necessarily mean that it is, but I could be stopping having an incredible conversation or spreading my message or my words because I think it could be slightly controversial. And so I have to, I have to check myself a lot of times. Why don't I want to share that? Well, is it rooted because I don't want to have any conflict? I don't want to get any bad emails or bad comments. Well, the reality of it is, is 
whether I share it or not, at some point I'm going to get a bad email or a bad comment. And so I need Mm. to learn how to navigate that in a way that feels safe to me still and also getting my message across. But this is really instrumental too when you're working with other people, team-wise, in person, online. If you have a team with you, knowing what their Enneagram type is extremely helpful because you know how you can talk to them. A lot of times, if we're a leader, we can bark orders, so to say. This is how I want the things done. I, why didn't you do it this way? Et cetera, et cetera. But if you know somebody's Enneagram number, when you are working with them, it's easier a lot of times to be like, okay, well, I know that you're, you have been really busy helping me to, uh, to get my website done. And I really appreciate that, but I need, um, these, these check boxes. I need these things done by this timeline, um, in order for us to be successful. There's so many different ways to, to talk to people, but One of the things I definitely want to touch on, I'm thinking of it as I was just saying that, is you never want to use anybody's Enneagram number as a weapon towards them. Mm. It should only be a tool for growth and and a weapon towards someone or even excuse. So like, well, I'm just a nine and that's just just how I am and I can't change myself. You don't want to ever say that because first of all, we should all be growing and learning and and wanting to better ourselves in areas that maybe we need some help with growth areas. But what I have seen before happen is in workplace scenarios where people will use like, stop being such a five uh, or, you know, or you insert any number you want, stop being that number and it's hurtful because, first of all, you can't help it. And second of all, it puts that this derogatory feel of like who you are. And it's the same mm-hmm. as any word, like stop being a bad worker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could be using a lot better words here, but you understand what I'm saying is totally when, when you understand the Enneagram or any let's I'm just using the Enneagram as an example. When you understand it, you can then learn for yourself how you view the world be able to market yourself that feels authentic to you. And when you're working with other people, be able to communicate with them in a way that they're going to hear it and also be able to, to, to love on them and praise them the way that they, they would like it. So, I mean, there's so many ways that you can use the Enneagram to your advantage, especially Mm -hmm. as a business owner. Um, So those are just a few, a few things that I think are helpful. Totally. I mean, I think that what you're saying here essentially is like, it gives us more information to work with. Right. And I think that that is just super helpful when it comes to, I mean, staying in your lane, but also like you mentioned, communicating with team members, like working toward a common goal, not feeling overwhelmed by, you know, all of the possibilities. Like, I think that there are just so many assets to having that information and really knowing how to use it in a constructive way that actually helps your business be structured more effectively and really helps you to grow in a way that really feels good. So I love that you mentioned that there. Yes, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head. One of my absolute favorite things to support my clients in is helping them to shift their mindset so they can take more of the right actions that actually move the needle forward in their business. 
And I can tell you right now that mastering sales is pretty high on that list. It's so easy to get overwhelmed by all the things you think you need to do to see more results in your business. But what I've found to be true is that it often isn't nearly as complicated as our brains would have us think. In fact, I would be willing to bet that if you shifted your mindset and simplified your sales process, you would actually see more results, not less. This is something I absolutely love to help you shift your mindset around on my free 30-minute Sincere Sales Coaching Call so you can sell in a way that feels good and see more results because of it. I only offer a limited number of calls each week, so be sure to grab a time that works for you at amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales. So when it comes to staying in your own lane, I think that the biggest barrier I see for other entrepreneurs is really this feeling of overwhelm, right? I think that there is so much knowledge, so much information that is so accessible, which is, of course, is amazing, right? But also can lead to feeling like there is always another thing to master, always another thing to learn, always another strategy to apply. And that can be really overwhelming, especially early on in business. So how would you recommend that entrepreneurs, especially those new in business, really handle that overwhelm and work through it in a way that actually moves their business forward rather than being paralyzed by it? Gosh, it's it's such a great topic to talk about, especially right now. I feel like so many of us are in that space. But as, as an entrepreneur, I think the first thing that I would recommend is figuring out where you want your business to be. Do you have a product that you're selling? Do you have a service that you're offering? Do you have a brick and mortar store or is it online? And the reason why I say that is because a lot of times what I notice is business people will follow all of these different brands online. And all of these different brands are doing different things and offering different things. And so sometimes entrepreneurs like to take, like they'd like to cherry pick things and think like, oh, I love what this person's doing and this person's doing and this person's doing. And I think that I could just wrap that up into my business and be successful too. Well, (laughs) that would be fantastic, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Where can I sign? (laughs) Right. I would love that if that was the case. But the reality of it is, is that you're looking at what everybody else is doing from this 30,000 foot view instead of like five feet in front of them. And if you were to stand five feet in front of one of the businesses you're following online that you love, that you want to replicate, you would understand that it's not just that easy to just take one little thing that they've done and put it into your business and, and bam, it's, it's perfect and you're growing and, and all of this is great. It worked for them because they knew their ideal client. So that is, I I want you to first understand what you're offering and then understand who your ideal client is. That is number one, because if you don't know who you're selling to, then you're going to be selling to everyone and it's going to be very, very, very overwhelming because you have to have messaging and marketing that is targeted specific to your ideal client. And this is hard for business owners. This is really hard. <laughs> yes. I mean, I say this all the time, but I think there is nothing harder in business than selling when you don't know what you're selling. Like, 
it's so hard because you just don't know how to wrap messaging around that. You don't know how to talk to your people. You don't even know who your people are or how to attract them. Like it really puts you in this position where you, where you just don't even know like what the next step is because there are so many options. There are so many possibilities. And I think that honestly, that's what leads to that, like looking at what everyone else is doing thing, because I mean, honestly, that's easier, right? Like it's so much easier <laughs> yes. to, to look at what everyone else is doing and be like, oh, like I'll cherry pick that and I'll take one of that too. But the harder work is really figuring out like, what do you want to be doing? Like, what is your unique strength? What is it that you actually want to be selling? And then of course we can always wrap, you know, messaging around that. We can wrap offers around that. We can wrap wrap a sales process around that. But like, until we know what we're selling, everything else feels that much harder. Yes. And, and I want to go back to something you said earlier about if, uh, when you're saying that people are concerned about their newsletter list and the, the lack of numbers of that. And Mm -hmm. if you were in a room of 20 people and all of them wanted to buy from you, that would feel really great. Well, that's the same as if you didn't know who your ideal client was and you were just throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to see what stuck with offers and marketing and products and services and all of this stuff, you're just, you're just trying to do what you see everybody else doing online, but you're not actually honing in on who your ideal client is. If you were to take a little bit of time and hone in on your ideal client and pretend like you're sitting across the kitchen table with this person, just explaining what you do and what you love, and you're talking directly to them and hitting all of the problems that they have and you're solving all of them, that person's going to buy. And then that person is going to turn into a bunch of other people because they've talked about you. But not only Mm -hmm. that, so as you were talking with the whole overwhelm thing, I think what's happening is since we're so overwhelmed, we kind of put our brains on autopilot. And when our brains are on autopilot, where our creativity isn't there, we're just kind of thinking like, all right, now I'm hoping that when I scroll online, I'm going to get inspired by someone or something. But if you were to take the time you were using to scroll online and really sit down and write down who your ideal client is down to the color of their hair and their eyes and with the, the type of books they read and the music they listen to, if you were to really nail that person down, then you would have so much more treasure in your chest to be able to market and, and strategize to talk to that exact person so that they would hear you. And instead of spaghetti sticking on the wall, it would be exactly to that person. So I think that what you mentioned there about taking the time and really putting it toward more of the actions that are going to bring you closer to your goal is just so valuable there, right? Because I think what tends to happen is this is typically where we get ourselves stuck in a story, right? Because we'll say, okay, well, like, I don't have an idea. I don't know what to write. So I'm going to go scroll on Instagram. I'm going to see how all these other businesses are doing it. And I'm going to get an idea from that, right? Yes. So here's where the here's where that goes wrong, right? Because one, it doesn't necessarily feel aligned to your business, right? So all of a sudden now you're trying to craft your message to be aligned with something that that wasn't necessarily meant for you, right? Like wasn't necessarily meant for your people. So there's that like almost incongruence there as well, which of course makes it more difficult to write, of course makes it more difficult to take actions. But then we also get stuck in a little bit of comparison there, right? 
So then you're looking at, well, like it worked for them and they got so many likes and they got so many comments. And like, I posted something about like this same topic and it got one comment and it fell flat. And I think that this is just so valuable to see because it can be the same strategy. Heck, it can be the same exact topic, right? But it can get a different response depending on like where the energy is coming from, right? Like when your energy is really behind your mission, your message, your people, all of that, that is when we start to see the best results. And consequently, that's also when you start moving toward your goal faster because you're feeling in alignment with that. You're taking more actions that are yielding results and you're seeing more growth there rather than getting your mindset caught up in what someone else is doing. And I'm not saying this as if it's like the easiest thing on earth to to all of a sudden stop like feeling those feelings of comparison or looking what other people are doing. I know it takes mindset work, but it is so worthwhile because then you're more in the energy of what you're looking to create specifically for you and your business, rather than being in that energy of what everyone else is doing, which is only really going to tie up that mental energy and something that does not ultimately support you in moving forward. Yes. Yes. So I just wanted to make that like difference clear there because I think sometimes we can be like, oh, okay, well, like this is the easy way out. But honestly, like it's not the thing that moves it forward the most, if that makes sense. So it's it may seem easier at the time, but it's not necessarily the thing that's going to be a long-term growth strategy either. So the the sooner you can get anchored into your messaging, the sooner you can feel good about what it is that you're selling, the sooner you're going to start reaping the rewards of that as well. So talk to me a little bit about when it comes to overwhelm. I know that so many of us get caught up in Is this something I should actually be spending time on? Is this something that I should actually be doing? Or is this something that I should be hiring out, right? Should I be, you know, where should I be in that time for money equation? So can you talk to me a little bit about how you think that people can, you know, really pull back the overwhelm when it comes to doing things themselves versus hiring it out? So the first thing that I want to ask is, um, First, yes. Do you have the time? Do you have the, the desire to want to learn something new? And do you have the resources to hire it out. So let's go with the time. It, you know, time is money. That's that saying. Are you busy with home life and getting your business off the ground? Would it make more sense for you to see if you could hire someone out? And if you cannot afford to hire someone out, What I would suggest trying to do is trading services with somebody that is maybe newer in a space. Let's just say graphic design and they're, they're newer and you can trade what you offer with them time for time. Because I know a lot of people are, they, they cannot afford to do that right now. And so if you can't afford that, then either you're going to have to learn how to do it yourself or consider hiring um, someone on a trade time for time basis. The other thing is, is I wish that I had done more hiring out when I first was doing this. 
I'm mm. so I'm so glad that I have a lot of the tools that I do have under my belt now that I had to learn it myself. But mm-hmm. it was so time consuming, and yeah. you know, <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. It's so freaking true. Like, even as you were saying that, like, I, I've even noticed, like, that's such a big shift being so much further into business at this point from when I started is just that, like, I value my time so much more, right? That is like such, that is like the most important thing. And I know that for some people, that's not the case, right? Like they have all the time in the world and they're like, I get like, I'll learn it. I'll do it. And I think like that just guides different decisions, right? You just make different decisions from that place. But I totally agree with that. I think like when you can get to that place where it makes more sense to hire it out, I totally agree that that has been like such a game changer in my business. So true. It's so true. It's incredible how when you step back and you're like, man, if I had only just spent just like a little bit more money, how much more freedom and time I would have had. But, but here's the other, here's the other side as an entrepreneur, we have control issues over our business. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So a lot of times either we want to learn how to do it ourselves because in our minds we think, well, we can, you know, no one can do it better than us and no one has the passion for our business more than we do. And that's not untrue, but there's plenty of people out there that have learned how to do all of these amazing things. And I'm now in the mindset of, yes, it is hard. It is hard to give away control a lot of times, but give it to the people that this is their area of expertise here. See, we're staying in our lanes and we're letting other people stay in theirs. So hiring people out that are experts in their field is going to relieve time for you. And it's going to be probably done faster and better than you could have better. done. <laughs> yes. I think that's the biggest mindset shift, especially when I, when I have this discussion with clients, it's, it's usually this sticking point, right? Where it's like, well, I'm not sure they'll do it the way that I want to do it, or I'm not sure they'll do it as good as me. And like, I totally get it. I really do. I have been there. I understand how difficult it can be to really release that. But the thing I have found is that most of the time they do not do it the way you would have done it. They do it better than you would have done it. (laughs) I think that that is just like, that is such a cool thing because I think that it's one of those mindset shifts where like, yes, you have to get your mindset on board so that you can actually go through the hiring process there. But once your mindset is on board with that, it's such a cool thing to experience it because it allows you to do that same thing again and again then, right? So you no longer have to hold on to that story of they won't do it the same as me or they won't do it as good as me. Like, yes, of course, every, like, I can't think of a single team member that I haven't had feedback for or had like some training involved, but that's just part of the process, right? And to me, that's such a worthwhile trade-off rather than feeling like I have to have my hand in everything, especially when the work ends up being so much better because of it, especially when I'm even thinking of this podcast, right? Like I hired out editing from the very beginning because I just knew that I had no desire to learn it. (laughs) And I knew that it would take me way longer to edit than it would someone else simply because I'm so close to it, right? So like- 
I would have just been so critical and so picky. And of course, that would have taken my mindset for a wild ride as well. So like in order for it to be consistent and sustainable, I just knew that that was something that I needed to have help with. So I think when you can recognize like, no, it may not be the same as you, but it may actually turn out better because of it. That is just so valuable because it really does relieve that pressure and that overwhelm in building the business. Really does. And I want to encourage people that are considering hiring out for the first time, baby steps. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, agree. like you you don't want to just give away control to everything all at once. I mean, maybe you do, but I would say most most entrepreneurs are going to have to take baby steps and give yourself grace with that. It's okay if if it's hard for you to let go, but just know, like you said, Amanda, like it's worth it. It is so <laughs> worth it. I feel like like we just need to hear it enough, right? Like we just need to hear it enough to actually like feel good about making that decision. Cause I do, I know it's scary in the beginning. I've been there. I know it's scary to like cut into your profit, right? I think that that's one of the things that comes up is like, but I'm so used to making X amount of money per month and this would cut into that. And the mindset shift I'd offer there is like, or is it simply going to free up time for you to focus on more business building activities? Right. Or be able to free up time for you to sit and read that book that you've been meaning to read because you're an entrepreneur and the reason you have created a business for yourself is so you could be your own boss. And now you have that freedom to go read the book that you haven't given yourself permission to read now. Yes. Go take the bath. Go read the book. Go for a walk. Go do something else. (laughs) Yes. Amen. So good. So I think like a big part of this overwhelm conversation is also boundaries. So I would just love to touch on that before we wrap up. Do you have any insight for us around how we can create those boundaries for self-care like we were just talking about or for how many working hours we actually want to be working in our business and really how we can set some structure and boundaries there? Yes. So boundaries is the number one thing that I tell any, any business owner to set those at the very beginning, because I wish that I had done that. And, and, and I'm being hundred percent transparent here. I did not really establish solid boundaries for my business until about five years ago. So before that I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to answer this email or this message because if I don't, then somebody else is going to get the business or, you know, you have that, that scarcity mentality. It's all going to go away if, if I'm not connected Mm -hmm. to a device. And that is a lie. (laughs) First of all, no one's going to die. If if it takes 24 hours for you to respond to an email, it's going to be okay. But setting those boundaries for work hours is so important for, for lots of different reasons. And I'll give you a couple. One is if, if like, I have three kids, I have a husband and three kids. And if I don't establish the, those boundaries of I'm going into my office at 9am and I'm going to be done by 4.30pm. And when I'm done at 4.30pm, that doesn't mean that I'm checking my phone all the time. When we have dinner, there's no electronics allowed. And I try really hard to engage with, with my family when I am clocked out. And even, even as an entrepreneur, it's hard to do that. It's hard to clock out mm-hmm. because you are your own boss, but you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your family. And like I just said, no one's going to die if you do not answer their email or their message. The second thing that I want to touch on is 
if you do have a family at home that is watching you run a business, if you don't establish boundaries, there could be a negative connotation associated with work. And I want more than anything to show my children that they can do and be anything that they want as an entrepreneur or, you know, working for somebody else. But setting those boundaries of start and end time is huge because if we are creating a business so that we can have creative freedom and financial freedom and time freedom, if we're not honoring any one of those three, then why are we business owners? And so Mm. if we aren't setting those boundaries to show our family, then that's a big thing. And then three is if you have team members that work for you or with you, if you're available all hours of the day, then they're going to expect to be able to get a hold of you. But also sometimes the expectations of what work looks like for team members, they're going to think she expects me to be on at 9, 9 p.m. and I've got a family and I can't do that, but she's responding to my messages at 9 p.m. Um, if you set your boundaries and say to your people, like my work hours are from this time to this time, but sometimes I go on and and will respond to messages at this time, but I don't expect a response. That's a great boundary to set for your team too and yourself. Mm-hmm. So just totally, I think it's so healthy and so important as a business owner to know at at least at the very least your start and end time. And then if you want to work in vacations or lunches during the day, I mean, whatever, you get to set those boundaries, but it's okay to set them. You do not have to be attached to an electronic screen at all times. You have to disconnect. Take that bath, take that walk. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think the important thing in this conversation too, is like your boundaries can look completely different than someone else's boundaries, right? Yes. So I think that that is so valuable in, especially in the entrepreneurial space, because I think we can look around and we can be like, okay, well, like she works nine to four 30. So like, that must be the schedule that I have to have. Right. And that kind of defeats the point too, especially in creating that time freedom. So like, if you work best at like five 30 in the morning and you want to call it quits at noon, that's fine. If you know you're a night owl and you want to work 7 PM to like one 30 in the morning, like go for it. Right. Like there really isn't one way to do it. And I say this all the time, right? Like there's no one right way to have a business, but the key is knowing what that looks like for you, because this is where we can make ourselves wrong so easily is in not setting the boundaries in working all the time and then being really angry and resentful that, you know, this business isn't giving us the life that we wanted or the life that we thought it would. And, and really just like almost have this like really (laughs) negative and resentful relationship with our business. But when we can set those boundaries or at least know what they look like, it's not saying that you can't make a decision. You're always that choice to flex those, but it does establish that self-trust over time that you are someone who sticks to your boundaries. So I just think that that's like such a valuable conversation to have because I think that sometimes we think boundaries can only look one certain way. And the truth is we just need to find which boundaries work for you. And you can change your boundaries. It's okay to change them. Yes, that's true too. (laughs) So true. Mm -hmm. So Melissa, if people loved what they heard from you today, where can they find you? 
They can find me on Instagram at M Kohler. That's K-O-E-H-L-E-R. And also on my website, melissacohler.net or theblushpages.com. Beautiful. All right, you guys heard it. Be sure to check her out over there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Knowing how to use it in a constructive way that actually helps, you know, work your, make your, uh, that actually helps your business be structured. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 